Society 13 Podcast Network, and you are listening to Kettle Whistle Radio with Heather and Dave, the only place I come for the music, macabre, and movies. You want to see something really scary? You bet. Music, horror, art, politics, and overall badassery. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio for real on Society 13 Networks. David Fairhead and Heather Taddy. Folks, friends, and fiends, this is Dave. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. I have uh, my buddy Brian Connington with me today. You know him from our past episodes. Um, we talked about the atrocity, uh, well, the movie he made, of course, House of Oddities, about the atrocity um, event. And there's another event coming up. But before that was, of course, Tablet of Tales, which is a great horror movie. And you're getting a chance to meet him this weekend, hopefully, if you show up. Uh, Mr. Brian Connington, you've got some stuff to talk about. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me again, Dave. It's always a pleasure to be on your show. Always a good time. Uh, but yes, uh, basically, the, the documentary that I made, House of Bodies, the story of the Atrocity Exhibition, um, is about the, the Atrocity Exhibition, which is happening again uh, this weekend on Saturday. At the Rex Theater in the south side of Pittsburgh. Uh, Ooh, the doors Rex. open at 9. I like, I like that. The Rex, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely great venue. Yes. Go ahead. Um, I'm sorry. Doors open at uh, 9 o'clock and the show starts at 10. Uh, completely different theme this year. Oh, completely man. different theme this year. So if you've gone to atrocities in the past, and you know, it kind of sounds bad when he says if you've gone to atrocities <laughs> in the past, but. Anyway, if you've gone to the show Atrocity in the past, uh, basically you know now that the themes change every year, and this year's theme is Museum of Dreams, which is going to be phenomenal. Well, if they listen to this show, they're used to Atrocity on a weekly basis. So <laughs> true. It's really not a problem. That's true. Um, but that's no, that's true. pretty exciting. I, I, that, I'm really excited. I just uh, I did watch your film, of course, House of Oddities. And it was so well put together. I mean, that that is a great film on the documenting documenting the whole atrocity, what you call exhibition, correct? Correct. And um, yeah, you it, it show the individual characters, their act, and not so act. Sometimes it's life. Sometimes it's life imitating art. Um, it, why don't you talk about some of the folks that you have that, that you featured in the film? Well, in, in the film, of course, is a, a lot of uh, local Pittsburgh. Uh, burlesque entertainers and sideshow performers, including uh, people involved with uh, Cabaret Vulgaire, so that would be Macabre Noir, Nick Noir, Lilith DeVille, uh, Penny De La Poison, uh, along with uh, everyone in Pittsburgh knows Fat Man D, of course. So uh, those are some of the, the local people we have. Uh, along with that are also some, some not-so-local people, some people including Vin Santos, who is a mm-hmm. drag pianist uh, from New Orleans, and he is—he—he he, he will haunt your dreams. 
I mean, he really did. He had a friend of mine at that last year's show. And he actually gave him nightmares because of <laughs> his, his, his makeup and garb, or just well, his just, attitude. Just, just the utter creepiness and comedy that he yeah. ties with his act. It's it's amazing. He kind of stares and the crowd down. He does. He mm-hmm. does. And the thing is, it's almost like uh, like they they were saying in. This wasn't included in the film, but this was just something that I know has been a problem with Atrocity, is that having musical acts is always tough. Mm-hmm. You know, they tried having bands there in previous years, and what they the problem they had was that people would automatically leave, go to the bar, get something to drink, and really? not pay attention to the band. Is that right? You know? That is correct, yeah. Okay, that's very... So, that's Well, that's kind of Pittsburgh. I've seen that, too. Yeah, but but the, with the addition of Vincentos as the quote-unquote musical act... No one left. Like people were stuck there watching him do his thing. So that really was was you know really a, a cool turning point last year in this show. And we're we bringing him back again this year, and we've also got some uh, new people for this year, as uh, including uh, a Detroit. Um, I don't really know what to call him. It's, it's a weird kind of act, but it's a if people who are in Detroit have heard of it, Satori Circus. Does that name sound familiar? No, no. Okay, it's it's an, another really obscure uh, performance art type act. Uh, he, he's brand new to Atrocity this year. Uh, but getting, getting back to the film, I mean, really the, the response to it has been amazing. You know, what you've said, Dave, of course, is, you know, really hits home for me. And, uh, you know, everyone who's seen the film... You know, mm-hmm. uh, has only had positive things to say about it. They even said it really isn't so much about the sideshow element or the the fact that these people were weirdos. It's, to, it's the more the fact that they're family, and uh, yeah, you yeah. know that really shines through. It all comes together, yeah, at the end of the film as well. Um, at the midway, and you know, just showing them, you know, the outpouring of respect for each other. It's something I found that was really interesting um, because I myself was very introverted. Uh, a lot of them had stage fright and would never get on the oh, stage. Yeah. Till they actually had the makeup on and everything else. It's still something I really don't want to do. That's why I do this. I pick this medium, but um, in writing, of course. But that's how I get out there. These people <laughs> really get out there, right? No, but it's 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 almost a form of therapy for a lot of them. I mean, and a lot of it deals with with uh, body issues in one one instance, and uh, you know, a lot of it does have to deal with anxiety and you know, social anxiety especially. And this is almost their way of, of breaking through those walls and and really. You know, not only helping themselves, but also putting on a great show for the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I heard uh, from oh, I forget who it was that I was talking about. Like, he had a showing at one of the shows. It was like 350 people showed up, um, or was that the film itself? Uh, the, well, we did we did uh, a screening in November, okay. so we had a screening at the Hollywood Theater in November. Mm-hmm. That was was more of a, a fine cut it wasn't final okay. so that was kind of just get it out there see what people think of it and then maybe come back and, and do some fixes to it so that one we had I think roughly around 60 to 80 people show okay. up including I mean, I, Doug Bradley so hey that's a good audience he loved he loved the movie he, he loved the movie gave me a hug afterwards <laughs> said it was great <laughs> you know what it was I was thinking uh, I've, um, there was a, well, I'll let you t- tell the story but uh, re- refers to a megaphone and the use of it oh god oh god <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't quite ready for that <laughs> no 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 uh, I don't think you were while yeah, you were filming that was uh, Rachel Deacon yeah uh, Rachel Deacon she actually took over uh, opening video duties for me since I was making a documentary last year uh, she made the intro video and 
that intro video, she was having trouble trying to find a soundtrack Music, yeah. to go along with it. She and found so, it. yeah, she just took a megaphone and, and masturbated into it and recorded the sound and looped it and laid it in with some really creepy tones. And it really did work. I, I mean, heard it. Yeah, it, it works. And you know what? It, you don't have to know what, what, what's going on there. And it, it still works. <laughs> My mom's eyes like bugged out of her head when she uh, <laughs> oh, God, went ahead poor, and saw, the mother. And saw that. Yeah, poor mother. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Those are, that's the kind of thing you want. But well, yeah, my mother listens to this, so she'll get to hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's funny. But yeah, well, it looked like I had a lot of fun making it, um, and I did enjoy the film. So now, um, is Sandy involved? Sandy Stolfire this week? Uh, what's going she's on? She's not necessarily involved with this week. Uh, I did submit uh, House of Oddities to the Horror Realm Film Festival okay. that's going on, so uh, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to hear back and see how that's going. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I talked to her at, at your uh, amazing and sold-out uh, book release party. Uh, There's yes. a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, plug. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yes, the, the, the fall book release party. The fall of tomorrow. Yeah, it's out there, and oh. uh, I came in with 50 books, and I left with zero. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, see, I'm hoping that that happens to me uh, uh, on Saturday. Is that I'm going into Atrocity with 50 DVDs, and I'm hoping to leave with zero. So. <laughs> hey, it can happen, man. It can happen. It can. It definitely. But, can. Uh, but anyway, uh, regarding Sandy, she. Uh, she she's in in charge of that whole horror Realm film festival. So I'm, I'm, hopefully it does screen and hopefully it wins something. I hope so too, man. You deserve it. That yeah, that, that's really cool. What now? Um, okay, let's see. Time and place again, please, just to reiterate. It's at the the Rex Theater in Pittsburgh, Southside. Correct. Rex Theater in Pittsburgh, Southside. Doors open at uh, nine eight nine p.m. and the show starts at ten. The price of admission if you buy them before the show. So if you buy them between now and uh, Friday, I think Friday or Saturday, um, it's, I believe, $15. Okay. Yeah, it's at least $15 online. And uh, if you go ahead and buy them at the actual uh, door, I think it's $17. Okay, very good. Um, and now me and you, we uh, we actually were at a recent event, uh, the, the Burlesque uh, Review um, yes, with yeah, Macabre yeah. Noir. Oh, what was that? That was um. Well, we went to go see. Our, I went to see my friend Lori, of course. Lori Towers, John Towers' wife, who was fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, Violet Corbeau, I believe her name is. Yep. Yeah. That yep. was Steel City uh, Burlesque Academy uh, graduation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was. It, it was definitely pretty interesting and fun. Of course, it was on a really warm day, so like inside that that place was sweltering. It was getting kind of warm, yeah, and uh, I'm sure. Well, actually, with the performers on stage, it was getting a little hotter too. Um, I, yeah. I, I and I did miss the finale. Uh, Mr. Towers was telling me something about the finale. What happened there? What did they? How did they end that? Uh, okay, well, the finale, the finale basically is uh, uh, they do this whole thing with their tassels. Oh. Leave it at that. I see. <laughs> I see what I basically, missed. Basically, basically, imagine all those acts that you saw mm-hmm. doing synchronized tassels. <laughs> very creative. Very creative. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that just kind of crosses over because Macabre Noir, of course, um, was what producer as well on your film. Yeah, she Still served producer. as a. a I, I called her as a producer. I mean, she really. 
came with me with the idea of doing the project in the first place and uh, really took over handling things like the Kickstarter and getting publicity, at least for the uh, just publicity in general for the film. So I put her down as producer credit. Uh, very cool. Yeah, and you had some cool soundtracks, uh, soundtrack music on there as well, I noticed. Um, what, were there some bands on there that we should know? Well, uh, here's the thing with the bands. Um, the band's music actually falls under fair use because that was at the time of the uh, um, recording of it. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know them off the top of my head, but the, the one music we did use that I did have permission to use and was, was the only music I really added to it, okay. with the exception of capturing this the stuff that was actually at the Atrocity Exhibition, was uh, uh, Rob Gray, uh, local musician. He actually was one of the performers on yes. uh, at the Atrocity Exhibition. I wanted to talk to you he, about uh, him. Mm-hmm. He did that, the, all, all the music that was added. So the opening music as well as the ending music and the stuff between Midway uh, is all his stuff. I think that was the part that stood up the most. It was him and, um, oh, help me out here. Lita DeVargas. Right, DeVargas. Thank you very much. Uh, they, yeah, yeah, they that I really like their combination. But he, very talented dude. That he extremely. Yeah, now he played through the entire exhibition. Did he play between Correct. segments? Yeah, and everything. Correct. It sounded he, different every time. Well, that that's that was his. Uh, he, he's he's not only a really talented uh, musician mm-hmm. and audio engineer. He actually went through and after we did the screening in November, he went through and cleaned up the entire soundtrack for the film. Okay, uh, and really sweetened it up and made it really nice and. Uh, with that particular performance, he actually was literally composing the song on stage. Wow! Through this device called his called a makey make. Yes, which the makey basically make. was <laughs> recording each instrument. So you know they were doing the same song, and he was playing the same music. But at, at starting with the first one and going on, he kept adding more instruments to it. So by the end of the night, by that last performance, you've got a completed song. That didn't exist before the, the beginning of the night. That's so cool. That's a, maybe that's a guy I need to get on here sometime. I, I know he has. He's another I, one. I can give you his contact fright. information, but he is really awesome. Yeah, he's a really awesome. I, I got the impression, and he uh, he doesn't like to be center stage, which is interesting. Meanwhile, he no. was <laughs> left off center on stage the whole time. Um, just, well, he's actually acting as our almost quote unquote DJ this time around. Oh, cool! Oh, so he's going to be there as well. He will, and okay. then I'm going to be uh, in a. I'm going to be VJ for the night. So we've got a series of videos. I'm back creating the opening video, and I've got something really, really creepy planned for it. Really? Okay, so you guys. Yes. Okay, so there's a surprise for the audience that shows up. Well, well, I've been I've been hinting at it. If you've looked at my Facebook page uh, for the past couple days, starting since Sunday, I've been releasing a single frame from the film. Hmm. To kind of give you a peek into what I've got planned. Well, everybody uh, definitely head over to Brian Coddington on Facebook to check that out. Yes, yes. I haven't released today's yet because today's been really busy with, you know, my day-to-day job. But uh, after we're done here, I'm going to probably post the, the new new uh, frame for, for today. Awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll be back doing, uh, doing VJ work. So we've got some videos by myself, of course. Uh, and then uh, Nikki Teledictorian is going to be creating... Uh, a loop that we're going to be using to go between the uh, acts. Okay. So we're actually not doing an MC this year, which oh. is kind of new. That is, wow, interesting. 
Yeah, oh, you know what, though, Brian? It's almost going to be one continuous show. That's kind of cool because that goes back to a theory that I talked to you and Macabre about the last time when she was on. That whole um, theater bazaar where you don't know who's in charge and it's creepy. The theater takes a presence, is, is a presence, an entity of itself. Right. You right. don't know what's going on, but it's something is just rolling and there's no MC. That's kind of creepy in itself. And it does, I think it will hold people's attention. Right, and, and the purpose is that the videos are going to honestly uh, work as a, the glue that holds everything together. Okay, very cool. Yeah, how do you start with something? Like, are you going to have people at the door? I mean, are you going to be standing there? Or, like, how do you, like, open things up when when you do something like this? When you, you do the atrocity exhibition? Yeah, or just I mean, what you're doing at the Rex. Like, how do you, where does it begin? Somebody comes through the door, what do they expect when they walk in? When, when someone comes to the door at the atrocity exhibition, honestly... I don't want to give anything away. Okay. okay? There's, there's a Even lot better. added in this. And we mm-hmm. really, I, all I can tell you is that this year, the people who've, who have have worked on atrocity for, for years, mm-hmm. you know, for the past five years, uh, this year they are going above and beyond anything that you have ever seen before. Literally, not only are you going to get a theme on the stage, you're going to get that theme presented the first time you walk through. Okay, it's going to be inundated with the artists that you're going to see on the sides. You're going to be vending stuff. It's going to be inundated. You know, literally that minute you walk in, you're going to be in the Museum of Dreams. It's it's that cool. I'm digging. I don't want to give anything any particulars away, but I'm just saying, be prepared for probably the most immersive experience that you've had at the Atrocity Exhibition. Since it's since inception. Holy smokes! All right, that's exciting. All right, well, yeah. we're going to take a quick break here, um, and I pick something from uh, the Jim Simonic collection of uh, Electronic Saviors Two. Uh, this is actually a, a great group, uh, Chem Lab, who I'm going to introduce you to, Brian. All right, we're going to listen to Solar Max here. And we're going to right, right back to Mr. Brian Cottington. Solar Max to the Solar Max 
right, that was some ChemLab for all you fans of old industrial. That's a newer one. The last ChemLab song, as far as, as, far as uh, Jim Simonic is concerned and what he told me. Um, and that can be found on Electronic Saviors 2. And Electronic Saviors 3 is coming out very soon, uh, in June. And Jim Simonic just had a show um, with Leather Strip in D.C. that went rather well. Now, I'm back here with Brian Coddington, and we were uh, ripping on pop icons like we usually do when we get together because... We're just not afraid. Um, no, yeah, I mean the Kanye West, the Miley Cyruses, and we can you know, always you know rewind back to Bieber. And uh, I told him I had a Bieber uh, funny story. You're like it's always safe to rip on Bieber. You it did, is. You did say that. It well, is. I actually I couldn't believe the one time I took a ripping for doing it and who it came from. But I was I was in a cafeteria at, at, at this place I used to work at, hanging out with a bunch of metalheads and. I was just like I just was I was I was like why is Bieber famous? He's famous for nothing. What is this? And and apparently he well this guy that's a drummer drummer his whole life in metal bands stood up for Bieber and said you know I have the home DVD of Bieber for, uh, for my kids and we watch you know he's actually an incredible musician he's an excellent drummer and I'm just thinking to myself really it doesn't show in the music at all and the guy no uh, no uh, it doesn't of, of all the people to rip on me <laughs> a heavy metal drummer <laughs> come on. Nothing sacred. Nothing sacred. I just, you know what? He's just, uh, he just reminds me of the epitome of the, I don't know what the word is for it. I guess this this shows that I'm getting old when I start saying a certain generation. Uh, just the epitome of that. I want it now without working and hedonistic, you know, uh, generation. That's what he just reminds me of. Disney generated trash yes, is what I call yes, it. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. just you know what? At, like why I heard about the recently about the story about how uh uh Seth Rogen went ahead and, and you know met Justin Bieber and said that basically he was a fucking asshole. Um I heard that one. And, yeah. and I'm like, Well, does this really surprise Seth Rogen? <laughs> and Bieber's response was, Well I'm sorry, I didn't bow down. You know, that's just the the response that you would get from a you know a piece of shit. Okay. Really is, yeah. First of all, Seth Rogen's hilarious. Yeah. Why would you not bow down to him? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, the the Green Hornet movie kind of sucked. Yeah, but uh, I mean, he made up for it with This Is the End. But I mean, right, just, right. I love that. That's just the way that I look at it. So yeah, I just I can't stand Bieber. Uh, my younger brother, who, who is graduating high school this year. You know, he has to deal with the Bieber fans all Ugh. over the place because they're even in like his age, and he's like 18, 19 years old. And I'm like, how do these fuckers still exist? <laughs> you know, I figured that Bieber was something you grew out of the minute you know you entered puberty, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> this is true. Oh man, yeah, I'll leave it to Bieber. Leave it to Bieber. To bring out the worst in us. I still, I, I, I am all supportive of actually deporting him back to Canada. Yeah, me too. I've but I don't even, before. I don't even think Canada wants him. I think they're like, yeah, fuck you, U.S. Here, have the, have Bieber for us. That's our, that's your plight. It's true. I, I have some Canadian listeners as well as people in the KWR family, family that have been on here, and yeah, they all say the same thing. We don't want him. <laughs> no, they don't want him. They didn't want Celine Dion either. That's how we got Celine Dion. Oh Lord. Oh yeah, we <laughs> talked about that one once. Wow, yeah, two shows ago, I brought it up with Heather. I had to tell her that uh, she uh, redid an ACDC song. It was just awful. Just awful. Anyway, oh, yeah, I'm getting chills. Back to you. All right, so we got this thing happening this weekend. We're talking about yep. this weekend, the 16th. What is that, Saturday? 
That is the, I believe, the 17th. Oh, the 17th. Okay, this Saturday at the Rex Theater. Uh, Definitely get out there and and support Brian and uh, all his folks there. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's uh, small. If you want to go get tickets, uh, just look up uh, Morosa Merkab's House of Oddities across the exhibition. Uh, The website, and as well, they're also on Facebook. Uh, there's plenty of links there to get on, get on to the, uh, get to the event page, and you know, say you're coming. You know, tell us all that you're coming to it, and you know, you can get it, get some uh, tickets through the Rex Theater's website as well through the show clicks. Very cool, very cool. Well, any other uh, anecdotes you want to throw out there? Well, no? well what I, else I, you got? I, I might mention this, but I mean, I, as I said, I will have 50 DVDs with me of House of Oddities. Uh, these are fully fledged DVDs. They they include 21 minutes of extra footage that wasn't included in the film. Uh, they also have a brand new 5.1 surround sound mix done to them. Nice. So, yeah, it's it's really nice, and I, I'm selling them for about 15 bucks, but uh, they're definitely worth the price, and they come in really nice, you know, professionally made, freshly printed deep discs and cases, and they're even cellophane mm-hmm. wrapped, too. Um, but these are actually very... They're, they're kind of rare. I, I can't actually sell them... Uh, to the public yet because I'm in talks with working with a theatrical on demand uh, website to get it into theaters cool. uh, across the country. So wow. this is kind of the only time I'm going to be selling them for a while. Uh, so that's kind of more wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Go pick up one when you're down the trust this year. Gotcha. And it helps support the arts. And, and you, well, like myself, you know, I did, did sell out at my book release, uh, The Fall of Tomorrow. I'm going to put it out there again. Um, now, the idea behind this is it's not a money-making machine right off the bat. Um, what it is is it helps support me to get – I want to get another book deal. And that's, it, it, that's the whole idea behind selling these things. That's the same thing with filmmakers, and it's the same thing with me. It's mm-hmm. it's more – like I know some people are a little leery of uh, – like I know I've had in the past some people say, well, I don't want to spend that amount of money on a independently produced film. It's like, well, that's fine if you don't – buy my film that means i can't make another one right the same as you can't obviously publish another book if you don't have the funding to go ahead and cover the cost of publishing and right and that sort of thing with the film i have to cover the cost of actually making the movie so, so yeah this that you do i have no out-of-pocket expense burning bulb pays for everything they're a great publishing company but i want to impress them and right. to do that, you know, to be able to do it again, I have to. And I do. I have to. I have to make this announcement. It's the first time I'm making this announcement. And you be the witness to that, and anybody else that listens. Um, last week, Thursday and Friday. Last week, I'm sorry, Wednesday and Thursday. I didn't look Friday, but um, my publisher Gary Vincent, he he got back with me and said that, hey man, you're listed number one in searches as well as purchases on Kindle for uh, science fiction and horror. And I looked. Wow. Yeah, on Amazon.com. And, it, you know, right? That's awesome. That was pretty cool. It's the first thing you see. And, it's, and you know, it was number one. I'm like, get out of here. Now, it's only $2.99. We have a deal with Kindle right now for the first 90 days, $2.99. And um, if you buy the paperback, I think it sets you back. It's, it's like $11.34 after shipping. It's like 15 If you see me, of course, I sell them for $11. Um, and, you know, all of this, I just, you know, if I impress my publisher, then yeah, I might be able to do this again. That's what I'm hoping for. So, anyway, it all, oh, comes, oh, it all comes down to doing this for a living. That's what you want to do. Yeah, at some point, it's a lot of work to get to that point. And yeah. you know, it's, it's it's you know what we're doing is, uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's more raw and it's what Hollywood used to be. You know, where they would take chances on things instead of regurgitating. Right. You know, and uh, I I just I miss that stuff. I miss the underground stuff, and that's kind of what we're doing. 
Absolutely. Well, it is what we're doing. What the hell am I talking about? Um, <laughs> so I, I got to throw my, uh, we, my website out there, and I want you to check it out, Brian, too, because I think you'll like it. But fairlydarkproductions.com is where you can get my okay. stuff and check out. And uh, you could also hit the link for Kettle Whistle there, Kettle Whistle Radio, and get the uh, most recent episode. Or all of them. They're all there. So. But yeah, that's, awesome. that's my own self-plugging here. And uh, how about you? What do you got out there, Brian? Uh, I've got uh, Facebook, uh, Brian Coddington, as well as Facebook, House of Oddities. Uh, if you want to check out the movie, they actually have an official website, houseofoddiesmovie.com. Uh, I've got basically a nice, cool listing of uh, cool stills from the movies, along with synopsis, uh, cast listing, uh, crew listing, as well as uh, noting where we've had screens and where future screens are going to be at. And as I said, once we get this whole thing with our theatrical on-demand website up and plug in, up and running, that's where you'll be able to request a screening if you're if you want to see the movie. Awesome! Very cool! Very cool! And oh, you know, I got to throw this out there because you're the man to tell. Um, I was listed up there with all these zombie books. The Fall of Tomorrow yeah. is not a zombie book. I have to make that clear to people. Just because I did stuff with zombies <laughs> earlier. Uh, with John Towers, you know, we both are kind of tired of the zombie. You know, right, right now there are people running that, running with that flag, and they they can have it. That's fine. Um, I the Fall of Tomorrow sounds and looks like it's a zombie book, not. And Chapter Five debunks the zombie too, which is interesting. Def- nice. d- different approach. So, but definitely, this is for horror fans. It's for uh, horror fans missing monsters. You know, Frank Henlotter. I talked to him one time at a con, and he told me. That zombie movies, honestly, they're becoming a dime a dozen. Same with yes. zombie fiction. Yes, zombie you fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I, you probably won't catch me doing a zombie. I, I, I'm going with different monsters these days. I, I mean, if I get asked to do it, I'm not going to put anything past me doing it. But not right now. Not right now. <laughs> right, <laughs> too, right. much, too many other ideas. Um, and as do you. What do you? Where do you think you're going to go from here when this is done? You're just going to run this... For the next year, you think, or are you, are you already out of the projects? Well, well, my plan really is for this year to to focus on you know promoting House of Oddities. Uh, I'm also and along with making the intro video for this year, of course, uh, I'm back at being the city editor for the 48 hour 48 hour film festival. Oh, cool! Um, in Pittsburgh, I've been doing that for the past three years, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm kind of in that crossroads where it's like I could do another. Uh, documentary, but maybe center it around like horror filmmakers. I know that's kind of digging into what Dagger Vision's doing, and it's not related to that. I'm, I, you know, Johnny Daggers is my, one of my best friends, mm-hmm. and if not my best friend, then and I support exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But I thought about you know maybe doing a, a documentary on, on indie horror filmmakers, or even doing another horror film itself. I mean, that's the, I, I would like to see the, that. Doing the documentary kind of uh, gave me. Uh, a break mm-hmm. from doing horror so that I can come back to it uh, fresh. And I think every filmmaker and every, you know, any person who's creative has to go ahead and do that is experiment in different genres and, and you know, take what you learn from those experiments and come back to what you love. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just had that conversation with John Towers uh, last week on Red Horse Radio. We were talking about that. Uh, usually the project you want to get out there the most is one that ends up on the back burner for a while. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, all right. Well, I want to thank you, Brian Cogton, for coming on once again. And everybody, get your tickets for the Rex Theater in Pittsburgh, Southside, for Saturday. Uh, Saturday. Check out Brian Cogton on Facebook. And what's the website? HouseOfOdditiesMovies.com. Very good. And as always, thank you for listening. And anything else in in, uh, closing, Brian? 
Go to Atrocity this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Brian Coddington. It was great to have you on once again. And uh, I cannot leave this episode without a Godzilla update. It starts this weekend. I can't wait. And um, Tim Turner, my 14-year-old buddy, my uh, Godzilla consultant from Strong Island, has given me more information. And this is this is it right here, Mr. Tim Turner. I appreciate the, the you know you're going to have to keep giving me these updates because these are fantastic. According to Tim out in Long Island, he said there is a rumor that Godzilla's trademark atomic breath will be back, and the biggest controversial issue with the new Godzilla design is his stumpy elephant-like feet. <laughs> That's awesome. His mom Michelle is saying that he has a half day of school on Friday, so he's excited to go see it. I hope Mom is taking him. Sounds like she is. And um, also, too, I love this. Okay, Tim, this this is gold. This is radio gold. Uh, Michelle, his mom, goes on to tell me that when Tim was little, <laughs> younger than 14, we'll say, when Tim was little and first knew how to use a computer, he used MapQuest to get directions from here to Toho Studios in Tokyo. That is... Does it get better than that? No, it truly does not. Tim Turner, Godzilla consultant from Strong Island. I appreciate it. And looking forward to more Godzilla facts. As for everybody else, um, you can find me on Facebook. There's also a new Facebook page, uh, Fairly Dark Productions, which is in production. But there's also uh, The Fall of Tomorrow, my book. There is a fan site for that, created by two fans. Thank you, Mike and Matt. I appreciate that. And um, as always, FairlyDarkProductions.com is where you can find my book, my monster book. Many, many monsters in this book. Many variations of the monster and even the human kind. Zombies? A little bit. Tiny, tiny bit. But um, I appreciate everybody that came out to... <clears throat> excuse me. To my book release party uh, last Saturday. Excuse me. Literally choked up. Um, and especially my mom, uh, Gloria Fairhead, who gave a award, <laughs> an award-winning speech on the day before Mother's Day. And we gave, she had a champagne toast, which was great. Uh, went in with 50 books, came out empty. You can't ask for more, and um, couldn't ask for better support from my friends. Guys like Nelson W. Piles and John Towers and my wife, Denise, who puts up with me on a regular basis. Um, and uh, I just want to thank everybody that showed up. Andy Hill, of course. Uh, Dan Foytek. I mean, the list goes on. And, and, of course, Brian Coddington was there. Go check out his film, okay? House of Oddities. Check it out. And thanks for listening. As always, find me at Fairly Dark on Twitter. Good night, good luck, and Godzilla. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. 
Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid. 